The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. I think it's probably safe to say that Abraham was not cheerful as he climbed Mount Moriah with his son, Isaac, his only son whom he loved. It's probably safe to say that Abraham was not all smiles and glee as he loaded the wood on Isaac's back and as he himself carried the fire and the knife. I think it's safe to say that this was not a day that Abraham had been looking forward to. The anticipation of this moment was not pleasant, but must have been filled with preoccupation and a pain in his gut. I think all of this, especially today, when I hear the Apostle James say, Blessed is the man who is steadfast under trial. Or just a bit before our lesson, he says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials, temptations, tests of various kinds. Did Abraham count this moment as joy? Did he look into the eyes of his beloved son with whom he was well pleased and think, I'm so happy right now? That is, after all, what the Greek word makarios means. Blessed, happy is the man who remains steadfast under trial. <coughs> we should really ask the same question also of Jesus this morning. When he was driven out into the wilderness to fast and be tempted by Satan, was he cheerful? When the same father who just proclaimed before all the world how much he loves his son, when that father now casts him out into a desolate place like the scapegoat on the Day of Atonement, was Jesus thinking, <coughs> I'm so happy right now. We don't do justice to the agony of temptation if we imagine Jesus hungry, confronting the devil with a smile on his face, or Abraham climbing Mount Moriah with a spring in his step. It would be a burden too heavy to bear if at every turn of life you were required to appear cheerful. That is not what James means when he says that you should count it all as joy or that happy is the man who endures trials. In fact, he has to tell you this. He has to tell you that there is a blessing, that there is happiness, and that there is joy precisely because it is not obvious. 
I read a story this week about a Norwegian cross-country skier, which I also found out is kind of a redundant thing to say. All Norwegians are cross-country skiers. <laughs> but this fellow was, was peculiar. He was competing on the international stage in the 70s and the 80s, and he became famous, Odvar Bra. He became famous for his finish against a Soviet skier in the 4x10-kilometer race in the 1982 Olympics. That is a fascinating story in itself. You can find the footage on YouTube. But much more interesting than that race was the description I read of Odvar's endurance. Here's what the author said. He has a freakishly high tolerance for pain and could race in an agony that produced a recurring visual hallucination. I see this gray fog, Odvar said, especially during the 50-kilometer races. The point is not to just keep going. The point is to enjoy it. Now, perhaps you are familiar with the joy of a grueling physical test of endurance that produces hallucinations, but probably not. Most of us aren't Olympic athletes. And so for us, such an experience is all pain and no joy. Which is why it will come as no surprise to you that during a 50-kilometer race, there is not one trace of happiness on Odvar's face. To see the face of an athlete in the throes of competition is not to see joy, even if they claim it is there. What you see is quite the opposite. Determination, concentration, agony, and pain. You can see all of that on the face of an athlete. And I imagine that that is exactly what you would have seen on the face of Abraham and on the face of Jesus. You would have seen agony and not happiness. But, like Odvar, despite all appearances, Abraham and Jesus would both tell you that they were driven by joy. And you can see that. You can see their joy, though not on their faces. You can see it in the fact that they carried on, that they did not turn aside from the way, that they did not abandon the struggle. They engaged it, and they believed that there would be joy and that they would be happy. Just think, what could so provoke a man to give up the present happiness of his only begotten son? to set his face to the top of Mount Moriah, to resist the temptation to flee from God, as so many do, to put away the thought that Isaac belongs to him. What could so provoke Jesus to leave behind the happiness of heaven, to walk away from the blessing of his Father's adoring voice, which he had just heard in the holy waters of baptism? What could so provoke him to resist the temptation to fill his belly and take the world by force, to put aside his divinity and become just like a creature. What could so drive Jesus to the cross? For Abraham and for Jesus, it was joy. It was the blessing, the happiness that was promised to those who are steadfast, to those who endure in the face of temptation. 
This is where Abraham's faithfulness is so helpful for us. We rightly praise Abraham, as Paul did, calling him the man of faith because he trusted God. But his story is so encouraging to us, not simply because he managed to be faithful, but because God kept his promise to Abraham. Abraham didn't know what his blessing would look like. He didn't know how he could possibly be happy if he remained steadfast under this trial. But once he withstood the temptation, he received the fulfillment of God's promise. He received blessing and happiness and joy as clear as day, without a shadow of the agony that he had endured. For his son, who was as good as dead, had been made alive again. And Jesus, knowing the joy that was set before him, knowing the joy and the blessing that he would deliver to us, endured the cross, despising the shame. And he, too, received the perfect fulfillment of God's promise. He received the crown of life, which he means to give to you. The faithfulness of Jesus is not just exemplary. It doesn't show us simply something to imitate, but it is salutary, redemptive. It rescues us from the curse of death, which then means that when Jesus is blessed by his heavenly Father, you and I are blessed as well. You know that faithfulness is a struggle. Steadfastness is a struggle. At this moment at St. John, we're talking about the struggle of faithful giving, of doing the ordinary, of tithing and alms, and then now and again something a bit more, something extra. Of course, talking about a struggle is not something that's unique to the discipline of giving. It's true of the entire Christian life. It is a struggle to remain faithful, to be steadfast in doing the ordinary, of going to church, in prayer, in fasting, in mercy, in forgiveness, in humility, in love, and then doing the extra as we're faced with peculiar trials and tests. Someone recently remarked to me how freeing it is to understand that the Christian life is a struggle. You're free from having to muster up joy and happiness at every moment because you know that you are struggling towards a promised blessing, a promised happiness and joy. You don't have to be cheerful at every turn. You are free to be determined, to concentrate, to agonize and endure the pain because you know that the blessing of remaining steadfast under trials surpasses your present joy beyond imagination. And although you may not know what it looks like or how your happiness could possibly ever be, you do know that you have a God who keeps his promises. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.